0: we Loser Draw, a podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. On today's special episode, we will be covering Stuart Bannigan's upcoming testimonial and looking back on the career of a Partick Thistle legend. Joining me to do so, David Forrest. David, how are you?
1: I'm good. It's, it's, it's a it's a hollow victory because I am very gutted to, to finally find out that I am not getting a game in the Bishy Academy Select against Partick Thistle for Banzo's testimonial. I think me, Mampreet, Mark... Uh, Mamie McDonald are all lined up and ready to go, but sadly we've been sidelined for Chris Erskine and Chris Doolan and stuff like that, I suppose it's fair enough. But no, I'm looking forward to this, it's going to be great fun. Ken Boswell's here. Ken, are you well? I'm good.
2: Good evening. Um, really looking forward to Vanzo's testimonial after the Doolan one. You know, Obviously we had Caldwell in the, the dugout at that point. This one, I'm hoping it's a celebration of a genuine Jags legend. And rounding off our
3: panel today, Ewan Ronald. Ewan, how are you? Very well, thanks, guys, and uh, thanks very much for having me on. It's much appreciated. I am looking forward to the testimonial match. I'm not looking forward to the lead up to it, but <laughs> just because
0: well, so to do. Ewan, you are on the, the testimonial committee. I'll start just by asking you, and, and as a Jags fan, what does Stuart Bannigan mean to you? Banzo's been for, for quite some time. Was my favourite player. Him
3: and I like when we got promoted. I, I like Banzo and Sean Welsh were my favourite players. I, they seemed to you know. I didn't go down the norm. The you know like Erskine and Bullen. I I loved them. midfield guys. But Banzo, you know, through his career at Thistle and you know his injury time and seeing him coming back and seeing how you know determined he was to get back. That took a lot. And I like the way he plays, and he's a local lad. And I think everybody everybody always wants a, a homegrown player to succeed. You know, everybody always wants to, and you'll see that with the youngsters that are coming into the team today, they always get a bit more leeway. He's one of these guys that he has been there so long now, he knows what it means to the fans. So I, I, people want a fan. Fans want something, a player that they can identify with as well. So, yeah, he's a,
0: he's, he's been my favourite player for some time. Absolutely. Ken, what about you? What, is, what does Banzo mean to you?
2: Amazing player for a period. Um, one of the things I particularly remember about Banzo is the injury he got up at Falkirk. And we were in the sand. We could see it really clearly. We got a really, really bad injury. You know, his ankle was at a right angle when I, I'm not sure what Falkirk player it was who went through it. And they're like, well, banzo has been really good for us, but that's him done. And then to come back from that, and then the injury with Hearts. And, you know, the idea that he was going to go elsewhere. That's fine. That's what players do. And then the discussion, you know, when Doherty came in, where can you play Doherty and Banigan in the same team? Pretty clear you can, you know, considering how well we did with both of them. He's still here. And I'm, I think Ewan's absolutely right. You know, Banzo is is just one of these players who's grown in our estimation, you know, players have come and gone, and the idea of a one-club player nowadays is so unusual for someone that's that long, you know, Dylan's another one. I think it's brilliant. I, I would never describe him as the beating heart of the team, because he's not, he just goes about his business, whereas, you know, someone like Archie was just totally pumped for it, but... Without Bannigan, you know, it would just be really, really strange seeing him not playing. I mean, you hear he's out injured, it's, you know, like, oh, who's going to fill in there? How's he going to set up the team or whatever? But, um, no, absolutely heart and soul of the team.
0: David, we're recording this just a few days after the, the 4-1-1 at Morton, where I thought Stuart Bannigan is his best game of the season. Even when Stuart Bannigan has these great games, though, he's not a player of, like, Totally memorable moments. So, wh- where is it for you in his Thistle career where he sort of you realised this is a legend you're watching? T-
1: to be honest, I, I do feel it is. It's the way that he was able to bounce back from from the injury at Hearts, and I think for a lot of players that sort of injury can ruin you as a player. It can completely change how you play. It, you know, you lose a yard of pace and that sort of stuff, or whatever. But Bannigan's been able to adapt to it, and you know, in that time he's been he's seen what four, five managers, if you count McCall twice, that sort of thing. It, it's one of those where, he, when I think of the twelve thirteen side, I don't especially think of Bannigan as being one of the the fulcrums of that side. However, when I look at the League One winning team. He he was the the guy in the middle, him and Doherty there, and I think it was the way that he's bounced back after his injury. You know, when when he was the only one who survived Caldwell as well. Like he he's the only link to pre-Caldwell that that stayed. Obviously, Muirhead came back and Lawless came back, but you know, I I honestly thought that we may have got rid of Banigan around that time, just because of the way Caldwell was implementing his philosophy and he got rid of Dylan and Erskine, it just felt like no one was safe. And for him to to weather that storm and come back and still be such an integral part of the squad, I think since since then, I mean, alongside Doherty, that was really the, the, the moment you realised just how good he is when you had someone like Doherty next to him. And yeah, it, as you said, like he, he has great games, but he's not necessarily a moments guy. but I mean, there's probably, you could count on one, maybe two hands, the amount of bad games he's had for us in the last however many seasons. He's always a 7-8 out of 10 um, minimum. And yeah, he he just brings everybody else up. And I think that, yeah, in the Championship, he's really grown into that, especially since McCall came back.
0: I think you've hit the nail on the head just at the end there, David. It's, it's not about his moments, it's about his consistency. Touch wood, avoiding injuries, he's gonna hit four hundred appearances for thistle this season. That's an incredible achievement for a guy that lost a couple of his a couple of years of his career to injuries and he's still he's still got a good number of years ahead of him. That's a fantastic achievement. As you said, David, never below never below seven out of ten, very rarely below seven out of ten. When Stuart Bannigan is at his best part of Thistle, that their best I think we saw that in the 4-1 at Morton. And I think that's it for me. When when he plays well, he others play well around him. It's his consistency. It's his it's his ability, as you said, David, to just hang around when when things are tough. He's he's been a constant through most of my lifetime supporting Thistle. He's been there, and it's just his consistency and and his depend his dependency as well. You and as we mentioned at the the start of the show, you've been on the the testimonial committee. What's that been like for you in terms of trying to recruit players to play in this this testimonial match on Sunday?
3: The whole uh, recruiting players has been. Uh, that's been. It's been quite straightforward, to be honest. I got uh, getting a hold of phone numbers was probably the hardest part. But remember, we we were scheduling this for May, so we kind of had to revisit it um, after the initial. So uh, all the players were set up to play in the Testimonial in May, and uh, it was just a case of regrouping again once once the new date was announced. So I think it speaks volumes for. For Banjo himself that the players are all desperate to play. on I thought there would be maybe a slot take and that everybody was desperate to play so there's only a few of the people that we've asked that actually can't make it so out of that 12-13 um, squad all the mainstays of that squad there's only a couple that can't make it so it'll be really good to see that and obviously the special guests were we actually spoke together the testimonial committee and then put the Banzo as well who he we wanted to invite, but obviously we couldn't invite everybody. But we've got a very large number of players at this moment turning up, so there's gonna be plenty there's gonna be plenty of subs. <laughs> but as I say the, the hardest thing the hardest thing without doubt has been chasing them to record a video message for the announcements and that's been painful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if if so, anyone listening isn't on Twitter I would strongly encourage you to go and have a look at some of these videos the the variety and, and filming locations and production values is, is tremendous You and who are you most looking forward to seeing to, uh, take to the 4 pitch on Sunday?
3: Well, probably I, I'm, I'm looking at I see Doolsey's testimonial when I saw that the, the players out in the park I get quite emotional about the 12-13 team and I remember thinking at the time That team would probably still win the championship at that time. So I'm probably looking forward to seeing, because the idea is that we're going to start with that 12-13 team, or 11 players from that. So I'm looking forward to seeing them as a team, to be honest. But I always loved Higgy as a player. I thought Higgy was great for that, especially that first season he was there. So I'm probably looking forward to, to seeing him. I'll probably be looking forward to seeing Mark Roberts if he turns up as well for having to chase him for two months for a video and he's still not saying that. And, you know, guys like Joe Cardo's coming, and I don't think Joe Cardo was really fairly treated at the end. I know he's been back and played it for Hill since, but he never really got a chance to say goodbye to the fans. Um, so it'd be good to see Joe Cardle as well. I I think I think Higgy Joe Cardo, but that team, that team, I, I just I'm looking forward to seeing that team and how they are.
0: Ken, what about you? Who are you looking forward to seeing on Sunday?
3: Yeah, I'm totally re
2: in
0: this one. You know, we seeing...
2: I remember Lambie's
0: testimonial
2: where Arthur Newman played. I mean, it was like a Rangers X one. And we were like, sign Arthur Newman, you know? <laughs> and I suspect we'll be sitting there and Stephen O'Donnell will come in the pitch and we're like, get him signed. You know, get him in. Or, or Higgy or whoever, you know? These things of recent have always been pretty joyous occasions you know there have been celebrations both of the player who's who's being um testimonialized if that's even a verb but also about us kind of coming together and just having a bit of fun and I think Banzo's one will be really you know get a good crowd in there and it will just be really joyous you know there's a lot of kids who have come in recently who know about 2012-13, but might have been brought along by their parents or slightly too young or whatever, and to actually see the players, and you know the way these things play out, you know, you get Chick Charlie coming on hit and hitting the crossbar or whatever, you know, hopefully we get a decent turnout for it, hopefully we get decent weather, but I think it'll be really, really joyous. I think that's the important part of the day, fundamentally. And, you know, it's it's time to kind of celebrate what we've come through, a wee bit, yeah. You know, that might be a bit putting too much heavy stuff in uh, what's fundamentally a testimonial. But I think, you know, we've come through quite a lot of nonsense over the last couple of years, you know, the the, the relegation. And this is the first testimonial we've had since Doolsey's won. So I think we should maybe see it in those terms as well.
0: Absolutely, Ken. David, what about you? Who are you looking forward to seeing on... On
1: Sunday? Well, for me, I never went to Duels' testimonial. I was, I was in Japan at the, at the time, so I, I completely missed Duels' testimonial. And I never really got to say goodbye to Dills Because I mean, I remember the Air United game at Somerset Park when he came on. I couldn't bring myself to do anything but be in complete adulation of him, but he was playing for Air United. So just seeing duels, I mean, I remember he was meant to play at that, the Mary Hill game that we, we mentioned last week. And he didn't end up playing. And I was really gutted about that because I, I just wanted to, to see him play. And he, going to see duels play one last time it is my farewell. I probably will get very emotional about it because I get very emotional thinking about what happened to Crystal. and and to see him play half an hour or whatever is absolutely all I want. I I love, love to see Higgy as well. I love Higgy as well. But for me, it is very much being able to close a chapter. I hope he scores a goal and we can count it in his tally. Yeah, I mean, so Max Melbourne can be exercised from the history books for stealing Dylan's goal and we can finally just put it to bed and go, no, he's scored more. He's the third biggest goal scorer. Um, get him in. So yeah, uh, Doolin for me just because of how it ended and I've not had a chance to say goodbye really. So. And I mean he'll be there next week, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no,
0: we, we do know what you mean. It's, it's, it's actually a real shame Brian Graham can't make it as well. I know he'll be managing the, the women's team that day, but it's a shame we'll, we'll not see the, the Graham front two partnership that we'd, we'd have loved to have seen in competitive action but maybe a, a future testimony we can see that as a goalie I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Tam Cherney back at Farley's. My my favourite Thistle goalie I think it'll be an interesting scrap for the first booking between Bannigan and Cherney as well uh, on the day we'll have a little chat about about Bannigan's Thistle career then Ewan and I'll come back to you what's your favourite What's your favourite game that Bannigan's featured in and, and why is it uh, a game that stands out in, t- in terms of Stuart And what did he do in that game that, that puts it in your memory? I think I think the game, I think
3: his comeback game, his comeback game was great. Uh, when he, he came, he came on against Morton with not long to go. It was actually the it was actually the ghost goal game when Dylan scored against Morton, and he'd been out. I don't. People seem to forget as well. Banzo came back for a spell and and during his injury, his two-year injury hell, and then broke down again that kind of mental aspect, but he just kept driving on, kept driving on, kept driving on. But I think not a goal or not, a, a you know, a, a moment or a, or a booking. <laughs> um, I, I think, I remember standing up and cheering when he passed the ball and I've never heard, I've never heard a football crowd cheering for somebody passing the ball. And that that's what happened when he came on. And that again speaks volumes for, for what the fans thought of him and, and, you know, great to see him back. So I suppose that would be my favourite moment of him in his career.
0: And he's, he's not renowned for his goal scoring, but do you have a favourite Stuart Bannigan goal?
3: Um, I like the, the Motherwell one. Uh, was it Motherwell? I was going to say left foot, but not many of them were with his right foot in the Premier League. That, that'd be 14-15. He ran on and kind of hit it in a half volley. Uh, I think we beat them 3-1. I, I don't think he even picked that as one of his favourite goals. He liked the one at, and of course the one at Queen's Park was a crack. I think that was his favourite. Uh, the one at Queen's Park when we, we beat Queen's Park, he equalised. And in injury the time when we beat them 5-4 in the Challenge Cup, that was a an outside
0: of the box one. So I liked that one as well. And what about you? A favourite Bannigan game and a favourite Bannigan goal? I'd
2: have to agree with you. And the 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 Challenge Cup one, it was just brilliant. I mean, Bannigan's not there to score goals. And when he does, you know, it's the whole thing with the hands and running behind the goal and everything. It's really interesting he mentions the uh, the ghost goal game. I was sitting down on a beach in an hour and listening to the game because it was September. It was a September weekend. I'd just been in for a swim and I came out and I was um, listening to the game. And, you know, they were, they, they were discussing this ghost goal. And uh, there was a cheer for Bannigan coming up. And the, the commentators, you know, it's the kind of open all mics thing. They're like, oh, yeah, well, that's Stuart Bannigan back from 18 months and everything. And I went back in for another swim because I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it was great. It was really, really good, you know. Uh, and we were talking about Archie earlier on. And I, I don't think... Bannigan ep- epitomizes Mister Thistle, the way Ban, you know, the way we see Archie. But he does, you know, he's he's absolutely part of the fabric and the furniture and the, the upholstery or whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. So yeah, I would have to go for the Queens Park game for for my favourite Banzo game because it's just nuts anyway. But you know, that's that's my kind of memories of Banzo in a nutshell.
1: David, what about yourself? My favorite my favourite goal is one one scored um is against Montrose. and um, he scored an an amazing uh free kick from outside the the, the box. And there's a bit of smoke in mirrors of who's gonna take the free kick and he kind of deliberated for a bit and then he just he just flacks it in and it's it's an incredible shot. And the thing I loved about it the most is I believe the season before, I was with you and your mum, and it was a Friday night game against Inverness, because of course it was a Friday night game, and I seem to remember I lost a rag in front of your mum, because Stuart and hit the worst free kick I have ever seen in my life, and it was, and we were playing quite poorly, and he hit the free kick, and I was absolutely furious, and lost the rag in front of your mum, shouting and swearing and all that, and I was like quite modified but always stuck with me how bad that free kick was when they were always banning and going to take the free kick and we we're all sitting depressed in the stream i was like oh my god this is this is going to be terrible and then it went in and it was just it's such a good goal and just the fact that it was panicking that it, it was amazing yes i would definitely shout out the the montrose free kick in terms of favorite games you mentioned a bit like celebration about arm stuff like that i loved it when he scored against Gove last year a year to the day of the testimonial but um, I loved it when he scored against Cove I wish we had won But it was on his birthday He didn't know what to do He ran back to the Lambie To celebrate with everybody Because he was so ecstatic An absolutely fantastic moment so yeah, bands were running to the Lambie To celebrate Because he didn't know what to do It was my favourite moment But that Montrose goal was great
0: it's a real shame that I can still remember that that free kick, David. It's, it's a shame that it was televised as well. I think a few Thistle fans have still got that clipped up. But uh, my my favourite Banagher game and goal. I I would go the the Queen of the South, the penalty away, Queen of the South. I know it's quite easy to to sort of have a go at that as as being in a an achievement and a standout day because we shouldn't really have been in a in a relegation battle this that season. But that day that day at Palmerston was a really good day. I think Bannigan was the captain that day. And, and he turned up. Of course, he turned up. He turned up, put a great performance in, scored the penalty, which effectively secured our, our championship status. And the celebrations there, I think it was, I think it might have been Reese actually, who, who filmed it. And Bannigan runs to the crowd behind the goal at Palmerston. That is a sort of standout Bannigan memory for me. I think what just Ken was talking about, about Bannigan sort of being, being part of the furniture, I think it's a slightly, he doesn't look like your typical footballer, just with his sort of low socks and just the way he sort of moves about the pitch. He's not your sort of typical modern footballer, but he's just so effective for Thistle. So I think that's part of the sort of Bannigan mystique, so to speak.
2: Is uh, Bannigan mystique the name of the fragrance that's going to be released for his testimonial?
0: Oh, you have to speak to Ewan about that. I don't know if we're allowed to review that. Yeah,
2: sorry, I understand we're not allowed to talk about that. Again, but <laughs> Bannigan, you yeah. know, is it him in black and white, you know, like Johnny Depp or something, going Stuart Bannigan Steak?
1: <laughs> on, on the subject of Bannigan fragrances, um, I remember at the, at the pub quiz he done a wee while ago, uh, one of the prizes was literally Banzo's Ma's perfume because she like got like 140 quid perfume. <laughs> and then gave it gave it to us to give us a prize. So uh, uh, no no they've got they've got previous in the perfume game banning She, she works
3: she works at the she works at the airport.
1: Ah uh, right, okay.
3: She, so she's given us for for the I mean she gave us two hampers, two perfume hampers for the race night. Wow. And they must have been worth about 400 and 500 quid. they were absolutely huge, big my wife bought about forty tickets to for the raffle to try and yeah, very generous, but uh, very, very
0: good. But I don't know if there's any plans for for his own one. Can I ask you, Ewan, What what is planned? Uh, I'm I've got my fingers crossed. I've not actually asked you this off air. I've got my fingers crossed for a massive Bannigan flag. What can fans expect to pick up on on Sunday?
3: Not a massive Bannigan flag, but as as you mentioned, as as uh, David just mentioned, there uh, he uh, he scored a year to the date. Well, he scored on his birthday against Cove Rangers, and the um testimonial is on his 31st birthday so i've never seen a full stand singing happy birthday to somebody before but he's going to need some size of cake no there's nothing planned like a flag there's nothing like that um just just a a big birthday bash and celebrations
0: excellent well friend of the show brian welsh invented the game I think he invented it, booked or hooked, and he has kindly lent us the rights for a, for a rerun. Uh, I'm going to read out five Partick Thistle games that Stuart Bannigan played in, and you need to tell me if he was booked or if he was hooked. First up, Hearts 2, Partick Thistle 4, the famous game at Ten Castle where we secured Premiership Survival in 2014. Ewan, was he booked or was he hooked? I think he was hooked. That's correct. One for one. Ken, I'll come to you next. That Queen of the South game that I've just mentioned, Queen of the South Nil, Partick Thistle three at the end of the eighteen nineteen season. Was he booked or was he hooked? Hooked. Correct. Two for two. No pressure here, David. We'll come to you for the next one. Clyde won Partick Thistle nil, the opening day of the, the League One Covid season, possibly the grimmest day of all time. Was Stuart Bannigan hooked booked or
1: hooked? I mean, I, I would be shocked and stunned if he didn't have some sort of aggro booking against Clyde. Um, yeah, I'm going to go books.
0: Well, David, shocked and stunned you will be. He was hooked. That
1: game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're two for three. Thankfully, I've only got five games, so I'll not come back to David. So there's a chance for four for five here. Uh, Ewan, Inverness won Partick this nil. the second leg of the playoff in the 21 22 season. Was he books or hooked? <laughs> I'll have to go with booked. Well, he was hooked. He was, oh. act- he was actually subbed off at time, which I have no recollection of. <laughs> but there you go. Um, so we're two to four. Ken, to to give it a pass mark, get us over half marks. Falkirk 2, Partick this one. That I've picked really depressing games. I'm Falkirk to Partick <laughs> this one now. And the Challenge Cup last season was he booked or was he hooked? Hooked. Oh. Well done, Ken, you've got us to oh, a pass geez, mark, three get so. a five. <laughs> pressure, pressure. Uh, <laughs> like Stuart Bannigan, you stayed calm under the pressure, Ken, well done. Uh, we'll ask you uh, we've got a few light-hearted questions next, David, I'll come to you first, because I know you've put a lot of thought into this one. What was your favourite Stuart Bannigan booking?
1: Stuart Bannigan booking, oh, Stuart Bannigan booking, um, oh my, my Stuart Bannigan booking was this season against Peter Head. Because it was—I mean, let's be honest—we've had better summers um, than we have in the summer of 2023, but it was kind of a picking yourself off the ground, and then you're like, "Oh, we've got the leak up to, to go for," it. and you're like, "Oh my god!" And I think we, none of us had really had the time to emotionally recover. And then 15 minutes in, the message comes through that we all want to see Stuart Bannigan is booked for dangerous play. 15 minutes into the new season we're back, Banzo's back, Dingwall can't hurt us anymore. You know, it's done. It's in the history books. We're back to business. And it was just a big comfort blanket of a booking. It was just nice to know, yeah, he's still going to get booked. Um, like He's still there and he's still getting booked. And yeah, it's just, I hope it never changes.
0: Oh, me too. Uh, you and we had Banzo on the podcast at the end of last season and I asked him what his favourite booking was, but I don't think he actually gave me one. Do you have a favourite Stuart Bannigan booking? Well, uh,
3: there's two, I've got two that have both been mentioned, as David just mentioned there, that one was just kind of, as he just said, like right, that's us back, Stuart Banning and his book, 16 minutes, and, and that's all the that's all they put in the two, Stuart, Stuart Banning and his book. I thought, oh, here we go again, that's normal services resumed. But I loved the one at Queen of the South when he scored the penalty, and he ran in the crowd, and he didn't care, and he knew he would get booked. But that's what it meant to him, you know, and there's a, there's a brilliant photo of him in the crowd there, um, and the referee booked it and obviously that was us had survived but uh, I liked that just because of his total uh, not not caring about getting booked and he knew it. but also the Peter Head one but can I also point out he's not been booked for six months in the league
0: David I told you a couple of weeks ago on the parties a changed man
3: so he, he said that he said that last season and then he, I think he got booked five games in a row after he said that but I think there was a point last season I think when he went in that run that he actually had 5% of all the yellow cards in Thistle's history. <laughs> <laughs> it's now plummeted to like 4.5% but uh, he's not been booked since since um, the 0-0 draw at Morton away when I think just about every Thistle
0: player got booked that day. So yeah it must be a change man. let see if you're responsible for 5% of the Thistle bookings in all time. You're deserving of a testimonial, regardless of your ability. That's a sensational stat. Ken, do you have a favourite Stuart Bannigan booking? If not, do you have a favourite Stuart Bannigan red card? We'll allow red cards in at this point.
2: Going back to what Ewan was saying, I was going to say, does does Banzo ever get booked these days? Yeah, I mean, what you know, has he has he moved over to that state maturity, like Jim Goodwin did, where you just pat the referee in the shoulder? But I, the Queen of the South, was a belter because he literally, you know. It, you see, I know the, exactly the photograph you're talking about, You and it looks like one of the paintings of the French Revolution. You know, it's just legs, limbs, flares, smoke everywhere, and Banzo's disappeared in the middle of it. And he runs back onto the pitch from wherever he's been, and the referee books him, and Banzo doesn't even look at him, you know? Outside of that, I mean, you know, there's the Dundee United, and Celtic ones, and you're just like, we're done here anyway. He's just like that, you know. Time for a bath for me. Time for time for some hydration. But I the Queen of the South one, I think, is probably up there.
1: David, your
0: favourite Bannigan red
1: card? Oh, there's one against Hearts in 2014. It's a double <laughs> yellow, so it's double bubble, right? The first one is kind of like, mm, okay, that uh, yellow. Uh, I maybe wouldn't have given it myself okay second one good grief i mean it should have been can you get a straight red if you're on a booking Is that a thing? He definitely can, Yeah. He definitely Definitely can, can. because he definitely should have had a straight red for this goddamn tackle. He goes, he has the ball, realises he's lost the ball and goes, oh no, what I'll do, I'll slide in two-footed studs up and maybe I'll catch the ball. He doesn't catch the ball. The guy spins in the air, basically, (laughs) as he hits him and he goes down and he only gets a second yellow, which I was quite stunned by. It should have been a straight red. That is fantastic. the The thing I was going to say about the Queen of the South booking is if you told Stuart Bannigan, you know, for most players it would be like, oh, you shouldn't go into the crowd because you'll get booked, and that's meant to be like a deterrent. Whereas so Stuart Banning if you told him if you if you jump into the crowd to celebrate a goal, you'll get booked. That's an incentive. You'll score like ten a season if you tell him he gets booked every time he celebrates a goal. There's no point in saying you'll book Banzo as a deterrent. He, he loves it. He needs to get. He needs to get his percentage up. You and in- it's traditional at testimonials
0: for the the recipient to get a to get a penalty to score. Is there plans for a, a testimonial booking for Bannigan on Sunday?
3: Well, I don't think I don't think that anybody do you think that we have to ask him to get booked? I mean he's, he's gonna have a fair chance at it. He's going to be playing for both teams. So uh I don't know how much his manager will let him play, but and I don't know how much it, I think he would probably prefer a booking rather than taking a penalty. What do you think? Uh, definitely yep, yep. <laughs> there's actually there's one sorry talking about that eh, was talking about that Hearts one we won that game but it was a game that get sent off was that against Morton They get sent off and it was nil-nil, and we won Shea Gordon scored a couple
0: that's, that's right yeah.
3: so that was that was uh, that was probably a good red card but there was also a, a one against Derry United There's an Zanatta game when Doolin scored his only goal for air and Shea Gordon again Shea Gordon had been sent off for what was a rather unlucky sending off i thought it just it was mistimed straight red card banjos wasn't it was almost like something out of the karate kid it, it, you know he took their play out. um so that that was a quite a some of them some of the red cards have been really really pointless that was probably the most
0: pointless one of all you, you say it was pointless you that was actually going to be my favorite red card because i think it really contributed to the the eventual downfall of Gary Caldwell because as you say, I think Barigan scored a penalty that Zanata won in that game and it was the one where th- did he did he run to Tam Ware who was on the bench and there was sort of rumors that maybe Caldwell was looking to get rid of Bannigan and nowhere. And and then, then Barnigan scored and then as you say gets sent off and, and that, again contributed to the downfall of, of Gary Caldwell. Were they ever testimonial alone for that? He's more than earned it. Uh, every every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. I
3: remember that that game that game was that um Zenata's
0: debut. It was. It, it,
3: it, it was an illusion. It's probably the best debut I've ever, ever seen it for him. I'd probably I've never seen a player play as well as that. And I said, I turned to my son and I said, "There's no way he's this good, because Hearts would never have let him go if he's this good." So I was
0: gave myself a pat in the back for that one because it was correct. That, that's a game, I think that was maybe about six months before we started doing the podcast. I'd love to do an episode on that game. Bannigan scores get sent off. Darrow's and Atta's debut We're down to nine men. Ian McCall's in the opposing dugout. I think it's Gary Caldwell's last home game. That would be a fascinating one to Dueling do. Doolin scored. Exactly. There's another. Doolin scored for United and was then cheered and had his name sung, which was bizarre. Uh, so David we'll, we'll take a note of that and maybe do that on a on a challenge cup week.
1: That was also the one I won like a quid and a coupon for putting Dylan to score on um, and I think I was to win or whatever. So yeah, no, absolutely what, what a game.
0: David, you are very keen to do a, a very serious match preview for Sunday. So I will I'll hand over to you. Where do you where do you think this game's gonna be won? Um, what do you think the key tactical decisions are gonna be? And can we have a score <laughs> prediction, please?
1: Uh, I mean, it's I mean it's the tw- the first side. I mean, y- you look at the, those players. There's quite a lot of ex-Jags in that squad actually that we're going up against. You know, that's always a recipe for disaster against us. Um, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how we will line up. Um, uh, 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 Ian, who is managing each side?
3: Interesting question. <coughs> that will that will hopefully have been announced today. If we're uh, going out Monday, Paul McDonald's going to take charge of Patrick Thistle because the manager is playing for the other team, which is a bit strange. Um, but Archie and uh, Scott Patterson are going to be taking the 12-13 team. Oh, wow. So that's going to be our last big announcement. That, that will have been our last big announcement. So they're, uh, they're looking forward to that. So if that gives you an indication of how you think Archie wants to, to line them up, David.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we know Archie. He's got a lot of history with us. And that 12-13 side, you know, he knows how to set them up. I mean, that's a title-winning team, Matt. Like, you don't win titles unless you've got quality in there. And then you've got, like, Cherney and Higgy there. It's going to be a real tough battle for us, to be honest. I think that I'd I'd I'd, I'd, I'd probably take a draw, but I think it's going to be quite a high-scoring draw. But, you know, like you know, a point against this team is nothing to be sniffed at. And especially, you're playing them at Farhill, Fortress Farhill for the 12-13 side. I think that's a tough place to go and get points. Against that team, so um, I'll go. I'll go a high score, and I'll say Banzo gets sent off. Well, no, sorry, six each. Banzo gets sent off for both teams. One oh. comically, one just clearly going in for a tackle that he mistimed, and you know Thomas Cherney or whoever's going to get injured or whatever. It'll, it'll be great. It was Paul I, Payton's in the twelve thirteen side. He's uh, taking out sh- Paul Payton. He's taking <laughs> out Paul Payton. Um, the the one thing, David, I think Alan
0: Archibald managing the. The 12 13 team, I think you've, you've obviously got to be wary of the attacking full backs, the, the sort of possession of football, but they might be susceptible to a late goal. That's maybe where Partick Thistle might get some joy on Sunday. Um. Also, if the, the the age of the 12 13 team, they might start to tire late on, so maybe Partick Thistle can grow into that game and, and steal a win late on. Ewan, I, I must say I'm delighted to hear that Alan Archibald and Scott Patterson are going to be there. Yeah. A couple of questions. Can we expect either of them to? To play and who who is refereeing this match? I think we need to know that. Um, lots of chat about cards. The, the referee,
3: the referee. I've not been responsible for it, but I, I I believe the referee is Kevin Clancy. Uh,
0: Silence there guys uh, uh, <laughs> Kevin Clancy I've got no, nothing else to say
1: <laughs> um, We're definitely losing Matt I'm changing my prediction We're we'll definitely losing now Kevin Clancy's uh, <laughs> already
0: <Spent laughs> 90 minutes of against testimonial Hurling abuse at Kevin Clancy <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you have it any other way Matt? <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> so, I, I,
0: no So I No They're not
3: playing they, they won't be playing But uh, they're, they're, they're happy to be taking part But we, we do have Quite a lot of players I would say that Thistle can't keep a clean sheet at the moment, and I know that the 12-13 team is very light in defenders.
0: So I'm also going for six each, same as David. Ken, a score prediction from you. Who do you think the key players will be? Oh, geez.
2: uh They're all key players, aren't they? You know, I would suggest that um, Bannigan will get sent off by, the, by Kevin Clancy, but he will pretend to go over and look at VAR and rescind it. Um, so, you know, uh, I think it will be 3-2 to the current Thistle team, potentially with Doolin taking a penalty, you know. Call it ridiculous, but, you know, that's that, that's my gut feeling.
0: I'm going to go for a, a repeat of the Queen's Park score. I'll go a 5-4, and I, th- I think Stuart Bannigan might get a, a late winner for for one of the t- I'm not committing to a team. I'll commit to the actual in fact I'll commit to the current team. A let go. Archie in charge of the 12-13 team. They're bound to concede a let goal. The legs will tire. Five four. Final answer, Chris.
1: I'm, I hope that like when when Banzo does inevitably get sent off, he comes back but like in a disguise. You know, he comes back onto the pitch and like you know, like glasses and a mustache. Um just trying to fool the referee into thinking he's like a different player. I think that, that would be good. That's what I want from the day. I, that's all we want. Just sure Banigan in a daft disguise, wearing a big trench coat and hat or something. <laughs>
3: I wonder what team he'll want to win actually, because he's obviously playing for both. He's playing for the current team in the second half, so he'll probably get sent off for both teams.
0: If he's playing for the current team in the second half, I'll, I'll back or to score a late winner in a five-four. Then I'm happy with that. Um, David, it's a special episode today. Do you want to take control of this episode's partridge thistle?
1: Go on then. Seeing as yeah, go on. Um, so we have um, two questions for the panel this week. One for Matt and Ken, and one for you. And so I'll start with Matt and Ken. Have you ever met Stuart Bannigan? I know we interviewed him, but technically we technically interviewed him. We just listened to Stevie Lawless's phone for 20 minutes, really, as opposed to interviewing Bannigan. But have you ever had an encounter with Stuart Bannigan? Any, any good stories?
0: I actually have a good story about this, David, which might surprise you. Um, we were in Jack and Ellie's, and it was during the, the Gary Caldwell era. And it was my mum, Kirsty, and myself in Jack and Ellie's. And in came Stuart Bannigan. Tam O'Wear and Andy McCarthy. And Bannigan was injured. It was it was around March time because we were due to play Hearts in the, the Cup replay. Um, which Bannigan, I think, played in the Cup replay but was missing this league game. I can't remember who we played in the league. Anyway, those three walked into Jack and Ellie's and um, I, I said to customer to my mum, there's aware Bannigan and McCarthy. So we stand up and we're sort of chatting and say to Bannigan, oh, how's your injury? Are you back for the Hearts game? Yeah, he's back. Tam Aware, I think, was... Out for the season. So he wasn't back. And Andy McCarthy, I I don't know the status of him. Anyway, got a picture on the end. My mum, who who does, I promise she does go to just about every Thistle game, home and away. Chant away very happily to to Stuart Bannigan and Tam Aware. And then turns to Andy McCarthy and just says, oh, are you a footballer too? And, And at this point he has made tens of appearances for Partick so and as it's three saltine's uh, <laughs> best pal. I know it's the most I've ever wanted to like just curl up on a ball and not be seen. I, I had to just apologize to my I'm so sorry. I know that you're you're good in a tackle you've got a bright future ahead of you. I'm I'm so sorry you've had to hear that. So that's my uh, Stuart Bannigan encounter so oh, no, <laughs> I have
2: literally you know God knows, I've tried hanging about Morrison's in Annie's Land, Morrison's in in Partick, uh, Little down at St George's Cross, but no, never had the the pleasure of meeting uh, Mister Bannigan.
1: I I've met him. I, I've had the odds when you go to like gas cup at the training games and stuff like that. Obviously, it's kind of open there, and they're all kind of there. Um, he's what the the players will always be like. Hi, how are you, and all that and stuff like that. that that's a bit the. Scope of uh, my meetings with Bannigan. However, I used to I I went to I went to the same school as Bannigan and I know quite a lot of people. We have a lot of mutual friends. Um, I remember during this before he got injured, I used to play Magic the Gathering. Me and a uh, friend of the show Jackie Senegal used to play against one of his good friends, um, from school. And he used to just wind us up all the time about how he was leaving and just yeah yeah, yeah. But um, so he, he was quite an and with that, but I used to always every week we'd we'd start playing our magic game and about how's banjo, how's bands got to these days, um, and just kind of chatting away. But um, apart from uh, how are you doing at Gas Cube, that that's me. Um, and the other part of this question, you, I, I mean, I hope you have met Stuart Bannigan. You're literally organising this testimonial. I would be very disconcerted if you just weren't allowed to meet him or anything like that. So I was, uh, so we've got a different question for you. If you have any banjo anecdotes, you can bring them in now. But how many bites does it take to, for you to eat a cream egg?
3: Oh, it's been some time. I I reckon I could. I reckon two. I reckon I could probably do it in one at a push, but it wouldn't be enjoyable. Two, I would say. Two bites. No ban, banjo anecdotes. I'd met him a couple of times. I actually was at his table at Dulce's big night um, for his testimony. him and Lawless, But I never really spoke to him banjo much i just listened to Lawless. banjo doesn't really get a chance to talk when Stephen Lawless is around as you guys probably know but no i bumped into him a couple of times bumped into him during lockdown but i've I've got to know him a little bit over the last year or so let's put it that way
0: david i've i'm gonna put you in the spot here i've got one for you if you could do a a six-part bbc2 monday night series with stuart bannigan what would you do with him
1: I mean, we're definitely going for fish suppers. Right. I, I mean I mean, can you imagine me and Stuart Bannigan in our broth down at Tutties Nuke Bell Rock Pleasureland? Stuart Bannigan on the on the waltzers, um, you know, playing Sega Rally with me. It's it's all one life to be honest. Um, just talking about old German teachers. It'd, it'd be fantastic. Um yeah, so I think our broth would be first there, and then we'd do about four episodes out of that, and then we'd like go to the Norseman or something like that. Yeah, we'd definitely doing all the that a championship away days sort of thing round all the grounds, um, but mainly just having a grand old day out in our broth would be fantastic. But I think Stuart Bannigan, I think he would, he he knows a good fish supper. I think he he just he just has that vibe. Um, so <laughs> that. That sounds far more slanderous than it actually is. I, from David, that's is, that is a massive compliment. That is, it's the highest compliment I'll give anyone.
0: Uh, I can't promise that the, the bigwigs at BBC will renew that for Series 2, but I will definitely tune in for that, David.
1: It's basically uh, our the trip, isn't it? It's like Coogan and Bryden, but it's yep. me and Bannigan.
2: Uh. I think uh, David and Bannigan should be members of an only do you know what Monday night is? Monday night is quiz night. They've got to be members of opposing Only Connect teams. <laughs>
1: no, you'd have for, me. But
2: like six, for six episodes.
1: How many bookings do you think? I, I don't, you can't even get booked in on Only Connect. i would get sent off from Only Connect. God knows how, but no, he definitely snapped me. I'm trying to think, who who would you have in your Only Connect team um, with Stuart Bannigan then? Who would be, who would be your, your other person on your Only Connect team?
2: Stephen Craig <laughs> There you go Stay off Stay off the bat <laughs> I'll
0: go James Craig and I think he'd be good On the connect right.
2: Ray yeah. Brad Was the classic The poshest man I've ever met
1: And I've met Tory MPs <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think it'd be me Banjo and Doc On only connect I, I mean it'd be an Absolute riot And we get knocked out In the first round But you know what It, it would be good television
0: Absolutely I know Partridge Thistle is the final word, but we'll, we'll make the final word on Stuart Bannigan and just in terms of ha- where he sits in terms of Part this of Thistle legends for you. I'm just going to read out a couple of listener comments. Alan McMillan said, I remember bands were doing a double drag back to get out of trouble about halfway up the Jackie Husband. I think this was in our most recent Premier League spell and he's so much more in his locker than yellow card collecting. I think that's a, a very fair point. There's, there's a lot of love for Stuart Bannigan around, but I, I still think, despite that, he's he's underappreciated. David, I know we've got a, an episode where we've reviewed our, our top ten Thistle players. He's he's comfortable in the top ten for me. I think he was my top five Thistle players of the 21st century. He's, he's that impressive to me. Ewan, in terms of all-time Thistle legends, where does where does Bannigan sit for you? I
3: only think you can do that after after a player that has finished his career. But I, I mean, it's certainly as uh, I think Ken mentioned earlier, you don't really get a player staying 13 years at a club anymore. So he's got to be up there, you know, and where um, other people are known for their goal scorers, or tough t- goal scoring achievements, or tough t- tackling, or, he's just Mr Dependable, and he's always there, and I think he gets taken for granted. I really think he gets taken for granted. And Matt, you mentioned earlier, you thought it was his best game of the season Saturday. I think that he's been our best player the last three games. But Ten I thought he was only playing with past marks, and then uh, the following Saturday, the following next two Saturdays against Queens Park and Morton, I think he's followed it up with great performances. He didn't lose the ball on Saturday, so so see people. But I think he's very, very, as you say, underappreciated. It's taken for granted. He's got to be up there. He's got to be up there with with 372 games as well. You know, for, for in, in my lifetime watching this, I've
0: seen some great players come and go. I can't think of many that have been there 13 years. Absolutely. In, in terms of being underappreciated, we're definitely guilty of this in the podcast. I think his actual football and ability does get overlooked just because we, we make some jokes about the yellow cards and how tough tackling is and how energetic he is. Or tough tackling so he doesn't the lose ball the ball. Probably. Exactly. He's, he's such a, a technically good footballer. As you see, he's always looking for the ball, even when we're three, four goals down. As you say, away at Hearts, he's, he's always the one to look for the ball. I think <laughs> I'm going to say he's my favourite of a particular central midfielder. I'll go with that. Ken, do you want a final word on Bannigan? Legendary.
2: I think that's probably fair enough. I mean, you mentioned that there are 372 games. You know, a player of that ability, and you know. There's, there's stories about him going away elsewhere and he gets the injury and everything. But he's with us. He's still wearing the shirt and he's getting a testimonial. You know, And he is underrated. There's always this, the discussion at the start of the season, oh, you know, Banigan's done and he never is, you know. And, you know, really glad to have him. You know, no one looks at the team when it comes out five past two on a Saturday and goes, oh, geez, oh, Bannigan's in there again. Fantastic player. Never loses the ball. The we turn he does just outside of the centre circle and then sprays it out to McMillan. Lovely. It's like tick-tock, tick-tock. You can time it with a calendar. Lovely.
0: David, describes Stuart Bannigan in one word to round us off.
1: I, I had a whole thing. There's something here, but, um But he's, he's basically... Like, I'm not I'm not describing on one word, right? I'm not doing that. However, give me 30 seconds, right? Stuart Bannigan, like I said, went to school with me. He's a couple of years younger than me. He is what I could have been if I was good at football. If I applied myself and didn't spend my teenage years, you know, drinking in graveyards and listening to Slipknot and trying to get off with lassies. If, if I had applied myself and was quite good at football, that, that's the career that I could have had if I had any talent at football. He's literally living my dream in front of me every week and my entire Thistle fandom from when I started going sort of 2012, 13, whatever he has been there he is a constant when Dylan left it was absolutely heartbreaking and I've never quite recovered from it but when Bannigan goes my entire Thistle life has been I've grew up with him and he's always been there and when Bannigan goes it will eclipse Dylan for me because my, my entire fandom is wrapped up in it and he, he is basically living my dream. Um, and he's just incredible. And I, I love him so much. And I can't wait for the testimonial.
0: Joy, give us one word anyway to finish?
1: Bishy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> booked. I uh, booked. If you've made it to the end of this episode, thank you very much for joining us. Make sure you get along to Stuart Bannigan's testimonial on Sunday. Ewan, how can folk buy tickets for that?
3: Um, the tickets are available uh, through banzotestimonialcouk forward slash tickets. The link is in our Banzo Testimonial Twitter feed and also our Instagram and Facebook. But you can also buy tickets for the game on the day. The cabin will be open, so we're hoping for a good day. A lot of um, last minute fans turning up. But the big thing is that was actually asked for the Kids Go Free that is run by the club to, to to be going for this game as well because he's wanting as many bums and seats as possible. He wants people to come along and have a good day. So we're hoping an adult ticket's £10 and kids go absolutely free of charge. That's
0: under 16s. That's brilliant. Make sure you get along to that. And Ewan, is there any other testimonial events coming up this year?
3: Yeah, we've got the uh, dance, which we're about to release the details of on Monday. Um, that's on the 21st of October. Um, they the Save the dates. going out the uh, 21st of October. Uh, so we're releasing details of that on Monday the 11th, which will be when this is going out, and then Monday the 18th they go on sale. Uh, so that's a dance. Then we are still considering having a comedy night, which was quite a popular thing that the, the boys did for Doses that Ray Bradshaw hosted. So because of so much going on with the testimonial and there was a delay on it, and then we've got the dance coming up, we've not confirmed a date for
0: that yet. But we're still hopeful of doing that. If we do so, that'll be November. Right. Make sure you, you're following the Banzo testimonial on Twitter to get all the details on that. Ewan, Ken and David Thank you very much for joining me Thank you very much for listening to this special episode Of Draw, Loser Draw Make sure you get yourself along to Banzer's Testimonial on Sunday And we will be back later in the week To look back on the Queen of the South Game and preview a trip to Somerset Park In the meantime, stay safe